This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Shot clock to six. Young gets it up. Herder with it. Here's Collins now. Got to put one up. Shot clock at one. No. And a hot pass. Yep. And the Atlanta turnover. Shot clock is off. Got a chance to take the last one if they want it. Sixers down a point. Here is it. Beat. No. The final Simmons. No. And it's out of bounds. And it's Atlanta ball. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe O and my co-host today is Chris Ranji, BetQL Daily. And we are here weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily at BetQL Daily. Heard the highlights of uh, what we witnessed last night in the NBA playoffs. Only one game tonight, but oh, who's going to be healthy? The injury report, that's always the big question every day uh, so far in the NBA playoffs. Let's bring in a big Sixers fan, Alex Christensen on Twitter at underscore noops. He's a professional better. He writes for four for four, does uh, some player props over there, and he co-hosts the Net Worth Pod. But as I mentioned, a big time Sixers fan. So I'm curious to, to see how Alex is hanging in there on this morning. Uh, Alex, how do you choose to look at what is now a best of three series? Are you choosing to look at it and say, okay, Embiid 0 for 12 and a half, that's not going to happen again, or didn't have the explosion in the second half. We don't know if Embiid's right. The Hawks won. They shot less than 37%. Trey had a great game overall. Not many turnovers. Great assists. But uh, he was. it wasn't one of those great Trey Young shooting nights. How are you choosing to look at it this morning? Um, I don't feel great. I didn't feel great when I went to sleep last night. But the <laughs> optimist in me... Um, really enjoyed what Doc Rivers said in his press conference at the end of the game about the team not playing like a team, that they really devolved. And I think if you go back and watch the fourth quarter, that's really what you see. Instead of the ball moving really quickly around, instead of passes coming and you know getting all those nice looks for Seth Curry or setting up Embiid with a mismatch, it was a lot of one-on-one. It was a lot of guys going ISO. You saw them. Um, they, they dribbled the ball off their feet. They did all sorts of goofy stuff in the fourth quarter there. So if they can come out of this and sort of gel together and get back to playing like a team, I'm not too worried. It would have been great had they won the game last night. They've been nice enough to have some rest here in between games, and I believe now it's just one night off in between each game the rest of the way, so that's not spectacular. Right. They're still the better team. Again, I, I think that they come out, play with a little more cohesiveness, and respond. Um, this could finish in six. I really hope it does finish in six, but you know we'll see how they respond. I think that Doc Rivers also made the mistake of taking Ben Simmons off a little too early in the fourth quarter. I know that he struggles as a free-throw shooter, but when you think of all the other stuff that he does in the offense, the way he pushes the ball with pace, the way he moves the ball around, setting screens for everybody, you know I know that he has to go to the free-throw line, and that's not the best thing in the world. But worst case, at least you get a minute for everybody to rest. So I'm trying to be optimistic, but it, it feels really bad not to, to have that game slip away from us like that. 
Well, if Embiid is, I mean, obviously he's not a hundred percent. He's admitted as much that he's not going to be because there, there are not enough off days for him to rest up. But if it turns out that the knee is nagging him and it's just, it, it's just not right. Maybe he can't be anywhere near as effective as he typically is. Can they still win this series? I think that they can, um, you know, if he can play even the way he did last night, you kind of saw what happened. I know that the Hawks have had poor shooting games, but I think that's more about the Sixers' defense, especially on the perimeter. You look how good the team has been making some of the switches, making the adjustment to trapping Trey Young really high um, on those high pick and rolls. That was really the big change for me from game one. Game one, they were letting him kind of come down the floor, get settled high on the three-point line and pull up if he wanted, but kind of have his, his look at the floor and, and – and to be able to do whatever he wanted. And what we've seen in the last few games, trapping him high has really forced the ball other places. Bogdanovich might get hot and have another good game himself. But I think even without Embiid at 100%, the Sixers should be able to win this series. Uh, the other result last night, we had the Clippers easy. They take the big uh, first quarter lead. And uh, Kawhi, Paul George, great games. Marcus Morris could not miss from the outside. Mitchell, you know, he had 37 points, but still a bit hobbled. Clarkson with a, a poor game overall. And still no Conley, still no Conley. Are you are you the outlier that you can figure out what the Clippers are going to be night to night? No, I have no idea what's going on with that team. <laughs> I've made a lot of jokes about the playoffs so far being injury riddled. You know, you, you look at the Eastern Conference, it's obvious with the Nets. Um, you know, the Bucks have been more or less okay. The Sixers obviously struggling with Embiid. The Hawks even with um, Trey Young having a shoulder injury. You go over to the West, um, we saw the Nuggets. They just looked absolutely beat up. They missed Murray. The Suns are mostly he- mostly healthy now, but don't forget about those two games where Chris Paul had the shoulder stinger or whatever that was. And, you know, you look at the Jazz, obviously they've had injury things. And I keep joking that the Clippers might just have some sort of brain injury. I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you watch this team night to night, and, and, you know, I don't make, mean to make little mental injuries and things like that, but I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening in that locker room, what's going on with that team. It's just bizarre. So it's hats off to anybody that can figure it out. I mean, it just does make the series really interesting because you take the Utah Jazz, which is kind of the better team, versus the Clippers, which is probably the better roster, and you add to that the fact that you know Utah has to respond to injuries and the Clippers are just lost night tonight, it seems. So it has been a terribly confusing series. Donovan Mitchell played through uh, an ankle injury and he scored 37. He wasn't all that efficient though in in getting to that point. Um I maybe I'm misguided in feeling like after playing last night, he's got this ankle injury that might stiffen up on him for the following game. Is that something that we should be concerned about or they should be concerned about or did you see enough last night to think he's going to be all right? In general, I think with these players, if they are going to play, unless there's some talk of a minutes restrictions or something like that, you have to assume that they're mostly healthy. I don't expect him to be any less um, you know, physically fit in, in the next game than he was last night. You're right, it'll stiffen up tonight, but they know that, and I'm sure that they've done everything they can in terms of ice and heat and all sorts of interesting techniques that they have to take care of it and make sure that ankle is as good as it can be. So I think you'll see most of the same Donovan Mitchell in the next game. Uh, BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski and Chris Rogers, our guests, NBA pro better Alex Christensen at underscore noobs on Twitter. All right, we got to get to tonight. We don't know who's going to be available. Is it going to be Harden? We get news this morning from Woj. He drops a couple of bombs. Oh, an upgrade up to doubtful. Going to give it a go in shoot around. So we're still waiting on that information. But just um, 
the market overall, just the adjustments that we've seen. Now Milwaukee, uh, four and a half point favorite because of the injury report. The total is way, way down, down 22 points, uh, 21 range uh, from where we started this series. Um, as far as the side goes, how how valuable is Harden and uh, how valuable is Kyrie to the point spread? Well, you know, if we're talking about both of those players as perfectly healthy versions of themselves, you know, you're talking about anywhere between four and six points, you know, depending on how, you know, you kind of shade things and what teams they're playing. But when you look at Harden tonight, I mean, I was laughing a little bit. I don't know if you could hear that. He was upgraded to doubtful. What a, what a fun sentence <laughs> to get to say. I don't know where in the world that, that, that something like that exists, but he's upgraded to doubtful. He has a hamstring issue, which, again, anybody that's played sports or played basketball or followed sports knows that hamstrings are extremely tricky. That He's going to come out. He's going to shoot up. He's going to do shoot around. He's going to warm up. If he feels any tug, pull, tightness, little tweak while he's out there, which could happen at any moment, they'll pull him. And if he does play, I don't know that if he is going to be himself. I wonder if, you know, we see even 75% of himself. So when I start to look at it tonight, you know, again, you're looking at four, four and a half here. I'm seeing four at points bet right now. Uh, if he is going to play, I think that there will be some movement towards the nets, but I still think we'll see the Bucks close as small favorites here. Um, you know, maybe in the minus two range, maybe a little bit less than that. If, People get excited about Harden. They watch him during warm-ups, and he's moving well. But as you look at it tonight, given that it's going to be no Kyrie, I believe it's we'll probably have a less than 100% hard if he does play at all. I think the Bucks are a deserving favorite, but I don't know if I'm going to be attacking this side, given, again, all the uncertainty. So then let's talk about some of the player props, then. If he plays and he's not anywhere near 100%, or if he's completely out altogether, who are you looking at otherwise, um, you know, as far as you know, Griffin or Brown or any of the other fringe players? Yeah, it's, it's really difficult to, you know, obviously, as you start to go through and pick some of these secondary guys, if he's in and they post normal numbers for him, I, I don't know if they will post numbers for him. It'll probably be too close. Obviously, play those unders. If he is in, um, you know, start to look at assist total unders for other players. Somebody like Durant um, will have the ball, I think, in his hands less if James Harden's going to be on the floor. Conversely, if he's out, I think what you start to look at from the Nets' perspective is, uh, you know, who is going to be the guy bringing the ball up here? I wonder if we're going to see, you know, a lot of um, minutes out of somebody, say, like Bruce Brown or somebody like that. Um, as yeah. they start to look through the depth chart again, um, you know, Blake Griffin, this is just a tough matchup for him. I think that the Milwaukee Bucks just have a lot of answers for him. So it's tough to kind of attack somebody like that. But you look at somebody, again, like Bruce Brown, you start to look, I mean, is Mike James going to see minutes tonight with all these guys out? Is he somebody you kind of want to attack? That might be more of like a DFS angle than a player prop angle. But start to look at that, start to figure out if he's going to be out. Maybe Landry Shamet, somebody like that we see increased minutes for. So guys like that. Yeah, I, I love the Bruce Brown angle. Uh, 11 and a half for points, seven and a half for rebounds, his usage is way up when those guys are off the court. What's going on with Joe Harris? Even if Harden is out for this game, is he a guy we can trust for th with any of his props? I don't think so. Joe Harris is someone that if we look back through the season, not that his numbers are incorrect, but you have to remember that he was the third, fourth option on a team with just a ton of really great players. So he's shooting much more open shots. I think his three-point percentage for the year was – 47%, maybe higher, some outrageous number like that. And as you start to think about this team without those guys, now we're in the playoffs. Not only do teams have time 
to look and figure out, oh, look at these little plays they're running for Joe Harris. Let's make sure we pay attention to this. They also don't have to worry about Kyrie Irving or James Harden at this point. So I would be looking at Joe Harris unders. I wouldn't be using him in DFS or anything like that. He would be a complete stay away from me, um, you know, again, from an over perspective or a DFS perspective. I know Joe already asked you about spread, and I uh, forgive me if you've already mentioned this or not, but we're we're kind of fascinated by the totals in this series, how they've continued to, you know, drop over the course of the last several days and dramatically drop. Um, are you? It, would this be a time that you feel the over, or are you still wanting to ride the under as it's been hitting every time? I think I'm still looking at unders here. This for me is a, is an under series, and it's been tough because. Um, if you've heard me before on the show or other places here on the BetQL network, um, I've talked a lot about Nets totals and struggled with them all year, but we're now in the playoffs. You start to watch the matchups and these games are really close. And what you see is the pace comes crashing down in those third and fourth quarters. As the game is tight, the last few minutes get to be really, really slow and really much of a grind. And you look at this Nets team again, without Harden, without Kyrie, those are two interesting players. If Kyrie's playing, the pace is higher. If Harden's playing, the pace is generally lower. But without either one, the Nets aren't going to want to play at a high pace given how short the roster is. And at the same time, Milwaukee is going to have a lot of answers to what Brooklyn's going to want to do. And at the other coin side of the coin, you know, Brooklyn's defense will actually be a little better without Kyrie and Harden. But Milwaukee, again, is a team that – still can kind of attack them. So I think you'll have kind of a lot of, you know, um, movable objects and stoppable forces kind of going tonight that lead to a, a sort of slower grinding game. I mean, this is playoff basketball, so it, it tends to be unders or pass anyway. With NBA pro better Alex Christensen on BetQL Daily, Alex, three series all knotted up at uh, two games aside. If, uh, if you had to bet on one underdog, for the series price, which one would you go with? You go with Clippers plus 110, Nets plus 150, or Hawks plus 240? It's really, really tough. Um, I think you have to go with the Clippers, you know, with the injury concerns about Donovan Mitchell, with not knowing what's going to happen with Mike Conley. Um, I think that they're the most likely to win. I think that Hawks number is really interesting. Um, that's a really, really big number given how tight the schedule is going to be. There actually might be a little more value in that Hawks number, so I might bet that rather than bet the Clippers. But if I'm just picking one, give me the Clippers. What are you feeling right now in terms of the outright champ? That's one of the hardest questions to answer in sports because you start to look at the odds and the Nets um, are basically tied with the Bucks now to win the championship. And that's despite the fact that their series is not over and they have to play the 76ers, whereas the Suns are done. They're already in the Western Conference Finals. They're 4-1. to one. They're going to get the winner of the Jazz Clippers series, which is either a beat-up Jazz team or a Clippers team that has been an enigma to try to be as nice as I can at this point this year. It's so hard. You know, gun to my head – Oh man, it's brutal. It's so up. The Sixers are now the sixth favorite. Right. I think it's the Eastern Conference champion. And now that we know Embiid's not 100%, the Sixers weren't able to close out last night. If the Sixers were up 3 1 going home, and I knew that Embiid had a chance to get another couple nights of rest and get prepped for that Eastern Conference Finals, I would be pitching the Sixers a little bit harder here. But I think it's the Bucks or the Sixers. Whoever comes out of the Eastern Conference, I think it's one of those two teams uh, is going to be winning the championship. Again, maybe they just fall apart, and there's Phoenix standing there completely uninjured. They were just the miracle unicorn team this year that 
somehow avoided all this nonsense. But I think it's the Eastern Conference winner. So, you know, Milwaukee or Philadelphia. Yeah, and, it, and it's uh, – wow. Wow. Uh, Milwaukee now the favorite to win the title over points bet at plus 325. There's Alex Christensen, pro better. Check out his work, 4 for 4 and he's got the a net worth pot as well, at underscore noops. Great stuff from Alex. As always, coming up next, we have a new favorite for the National League MVP, and Charles Barkley was on one last night again. We'll talk about it next. <laughs> Shoskin Raji, BetQL Network. <laughs> 